The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. You're 2-0 up, guys. Like, why do you need to take out the stewards? Welcome to Pint of Football, temporarily Greece's drunkest football podcast, where much like Boris Johnson, this week I've been making unwelcome interventions in a foreign nation I know very little about. Joining me on loan from Thessaloniki, she talks with her hands and has no respect for zebra crossings. <laughs> it's Denise Savadou. Hello. <laughs> and as always, I'm your host, more kebab than man, Tom Meadowcroft. Hello, Denise. Hello. <laughs> Thank you for letting me into your familiar home. You're very um, welcome. Um, we went to Pauk the other day, did we not? We did. Um, An experience. Yeah. So we're we're on holiday in Greece. Um, Denai's family um, on her dad's side are big Pauk fans. Um, I've wanted to go to a game with lots of shouting and explosions for a really long time so it's all kind of worked out i delivered yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i didn't know much about Pauk really they're just like a team that usually ends up getting knocked out of the group stage at uh, champions league or europa league so um i believe deny has prepared a brief explanation of of Pauk and where they came from yeah, so I just um, prepared a brief history of the orange, origins of Pauk. Um, so uh, Pauk are a team that come from my home city of Thessaloniki in Greece. In 1922, Thessaloniki has an influx of refugees from Turkey. Um, these refugees are Christian Greeks who have been living in Turkey since the 3rd century. They were forced to leave Turkey uh, because of a genocide that killed over 300,000 Greeks and many, many more Armenians and Kurds. The reason for this genocide was there was a desire to create a Turkey that was uh, Muslim and uh, obviously a Christian population stood against that. The Greek and Turkish governments end up signing a treaty, the Treaty of Lausanne in Switzerland, which agreed to a population exchange between the two countries. The exchange involves 1.6 billion people altogether, over a million Greeks which were who were originally living in Turkey, and around 355,000 Muslims, that, Muslim Turks, that had been living in Greece uh, for centuries. So the vast majority of the refugees that arrive in Greece settle in Thessaloniki. Um, they're Greeks, uh, but they have their own dialect, which 
um, is actually now spoken by about 4,000 people together in the world. And they have their own music and culture in many respects. They fundamentally changed the demographics of Thessaloniki. Um, the city had originally been about uh, mostly Jewish and Muslim, uh, with the Christians being in a, mi in a minority population. But with uh, the influx of refugees, it now becomes a majority. These refugees have had a really tough time. They arrive in Thessaloniki <clears throat> with stories of forced marches, starvation, massacre and rape. An American dip diplomat describes watching a steamer carrying about 7,000 um, people docking at, in Thessaloniki and calls it a squirming mass of human misery. More than a quarter of a million Greeks passed through the quarantine camps of Thessaloniki before either being sent out to villages uh, around Thessaloniki, but around 92,000 make Thessaloniki their home. So Park's roots can be traced back to a team called Hermes, which was a sports club founded in 1877 by the Greek community in Pera, which is a district of what is now Istanbul. So PARC stands for Panthesalonikios Athletikos Omilos Constantinopolitan, or the Thessalonian Athletic Club of Constantinopolitans. So their emblem is the double-headed eagle, which um, is referred to a lot in their chants, um, <laughs> which is a symbol of the Byz Byzantine Empire. Um, the club's colours are black and white for a cheery reason. Uh, the black symbolises the sorrow of leaving their homeland in Asia Minor, and the white symbolises the hopes of a new beginning. Bark is established on the 20th of April in 1926. Bark's policy was that the club should be open to all citizens of Thessaloniki, which is what led to a rivalry with Aik Thessaloniki, so to the today's opponents were Aik Athens. Um, so Aik Thessaloniki was an offshoot of that. So Aik Thessaloniki was also funded by the refugees, um, but they preferred that only refugees be allowed to play in Aik. But Aik Thessaloniki is disbanded in 1929 and their fans um, joined Park mostly. The Dumba Stadium, which uh, we visited, seats 29,000 people and was constructed in the late 50s. The club started a lottery to fund it, but also thousands of fans offered their labour in their spare time. So, yeah, that's a little roundup of the history of Park. Thank you, Dino. It's, uh, so, um, was it Ayak uh, I, I Festinoli? Look, see, I've been here for like three days and I still can't say it. Uh, I, I, Thessal, Thessaloniki. Thank you. And like the difference between them and Pauk was that Pauk wanted everyone to play, whereas um, Ike just wanted refugees to play. Yeah, so uh, Pauk very much saw themselves as a team for all citizens of Thessaloniki. Cool. Nice. And as, as, as I said, my I really have wanted for a long time 
to go to like a game that was I knew was going to be really wild with the whole ultra scene and stuff after like spending ages on YouTube watching crazy stuff from like Eastern Europe and what have you. But um, <clears throat> my expectations versus reality um, is, is the next section I've got here after Denise History Corner. So we've been speaking to Denise's dad, Christos, who's a Palk supporter. He actually doesn't go to games anymore um, because it's uh, he, he he's found that the whole ultras things gotten to gotten a, gotten to the point where it's stopping his enjoyment of the game, which um, I think things he's told me since being here, he's been to a bunch of games where he had a he wasn't able to get to his seat because people were just like you know mm. not not being where they should be and. They um, <clears throat> I think that he was saying that they were allowing more people than there had been tickets sold. Oh, right. So by the time he got in, um, or by the time he got it got to his point in the queue, um, the stadium would already be at capacity. Okay, yeah. Well, that's that's obviously not not mm. great. Uh, not a great customer experience there. Uh. <laughs> He's also said that a bunch of games he's been to have been stopped because of stuff going on in the stands. I read about one recently where, um, I mean, I, I think most people, if, if they have, if most people in the UK, if they have heard of Palk before, would be the story where your um, owner um, stormed onto the pitch with a with a handgun because yeah. <laughs> because of a refereeing decision. Yeah. <laughs> happens to share my last name <laughs> he, d- he happens to have the same last name as you <laughs> but no relation <laughs> no re- no relation to <laughs> this guy and like uh to t- I, I've, I've always sort of assumed that like more eastern european teams would be the scariest ultras but it um this, about, about this time last year um some palk i you know i say fans people that attach themselves to palk um, set about and killed a nineteen-year-old guy. He wasn't. He wasn't like. Um. Uh. He wasn't in any ultra organization himself, as far as I can tell from the news reports. But they just went up to him and asked him what team he supported, and he said Aris, which is the um one of the other teams in Thessaloniki, and they just set about him with like bats and basically stabbed him to de- stabbed and beat him to death. Yeah. So that's in there just as a. You know, other side of the coin to all the things we're about to say, where we talk about how like impressive it is to be in a ground like that. Yeah, I think. Yeah, it's the downside of um, yeah. the kind of experience that we had. And like, no one, no one wants, no one wants this really. Um, it, putting on a putting on an amazing display and like cheering for your team is one thing, but this basically seems to be like gang warfare, and um, as. Christos has said that he doesn't think any of these people actually care about uh, the football at all. Yeah. Like they don't watch the games; they just like organize chants and stuff. He did. He has like said some interesting things. Like um, one time, they got a motorbike in the mm. stand somehow and just like revved that to make additional noise. Yeah, I think the <laughs> idea was that they were uh, mocking one of the players from the opposing team. Uh, okay. Who happened to drive a a motorbike, so they put that behind the goal <laughs> that's okay <laughs> i don't know i don't know why that would be a, like a mocking thing a lot I, I of people know, here drive motorbikes but all right i mean 
be hard to play with the motorbike revving behind you, I suppose. Well, the, the main troublemaking fans, if you like, oh, yeah. um, tend to uh, sit in what's called Thira Deshara, which is the fourth gate. Um, and it, but yeah, what becomes clear is that they put them all together in sort of one side of the stadium uh, to go mad. Yeah. And they don't, they don't seem, because whenever you see like a massive, like, choreographed display I, I always personally think like because it's so stringent in the UK how did they get all these like fireworks and whatnot in mm. but it, it turns out that Park have basically said okay if you're going through gate four you can just do whatever you want mm-hmm. just like just keep it to that part of the stadium mm-hmm. which um mm-hmm. is a pretty novel way of I guess containing it but um as soon as soon as the game kicked off, um, Hell's Bells by um, ACDC plays, and the entire like <laughs> far quarter far quarter of the ground is a complete inferno. I don't really understand how no one no one like burnt to death under that, but it's really amazing to see. And um, one of the bits that sort of was a bit eyebrow raising is they. Um, they hoisted a flag of I don't know whether it was Ayak or Aris's colours. I think it was Ayak's colours, Dad. Okay, and just like proceeded to torch it. So there's this like massive like twelve foot by twelve foot square of yeah. fabric just like ablaze in front of this stand full of people. <laughs> it's something like it's it's quite funny because um, <clears throat> when me and me and Daz many years ago went to watch uh, Cliftonville. Uh, play. I can't. I honestly can't remember who they're playing now, but it's in um, a quite Republican area of Belfast. Um, like everyone we spoke to, whether they were Northern Irish or English, said, "Well, we want to be. You want to be really careful there." Mm. And um, we were absolutely fine. Everyone was lovely to us. Even, like, but the, I'd say the only time I was a bit like, "Oh, hello," at a football game so far in my life was when we were walking up to the Toomba Stadium because yeah. you can just hear, like, explosions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it de- definitely built up a kind of... Uh, I, was, I was quite nervous sort of walking up to it. Yeah. Because also um, a friend had said he, he's a police officer and uh, they kindly lent us some... Oh, yeah. Um, ...park scarves to wear... But he said, "Don't wear them. Don't walk in a certain direction wearing them." Basically, <laughs> so it was, it, that felt a little bit scary. So yeah, just all, all the kind of stories, and then walking up to the stadium, and yeah, already hearing explosions happening, definitely built up a sense of anticipation. Pick one's mayonnaise. Quality mayonnaise, dips, dressing, and sauces that are mixed with love and flair. Pick what you want. Ah, oh, yeah. Yeah, so I'll get on to the actual match and stuff. Um, the stadium is like just what you call it. It's very, it's very Greek. It's like a big sort of dome. Yeah. Um, it's pretty much like equal height on either side. And it's, it's very, very, very steep. Like, um, I went down to get us coffees and I only know about five words of Greek and one of, and none of those words are your card isn't working. Mm-hmm. So I had to go up and down the stairs like four times. And yeah, 
I, <laughs> it does make you feel like you're going to fall over and hurt yourself at any minute. Yeah, on my way down, I I just had to concentrate on the step in front of me and just don't look down. I was just <laughs> thinking, just don't look down. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, pretty unremarkable apart from that. It's, I would say it's very classic looking. Um, maybe in a little bit of disrepair. I think um, they are planning to... Knock it down. To yeah. knock it down and start again at some point. Yeah, so... about Not too much to say about the game, really, because Pout were just on... I, I thought they were completely in control from the word go, really. Considering um, Ayak went into the game, I think... I think they were they were five unbeaten or had five wins in a row, but um, they just they seem to be expecting things to fall for them a bit and like several times when I saw them waiting for a pass to come to them, a power player would just charge it down, and yeah, much to the delight of the ravenous hordes, <laughs> um, which also I think is good for us because. I think uh, at one one point, um, Pout were trying to make a sub, but the referee just wasn't, like, maybe didn't spot it, or I don't know what he was doing, really. But um, every break, the substitution got ignored, and you could just feel (laughs) people getting, like, madder and madder. (laughs) And then we were, were, like, in the posh seats, and even people around us were, like, getting pretty animated about it. Yeah. And you could just see, like, if the game were to suddenly go in the other direction, then it would probably get quite unpleasant. So. Yeah, I think at one point <clears throat> I um, they paused the game just so some medics could run onto the field and I could, you could just feel how quickly the atmosphere could turn yeah. ugly. Um, it was really charged. I'm not 100% sure on this. Like, this is something we discussed but couldn't like work out whether it was happening or not. But um, when they were 2-0 up, they the ultras just seemed to be like, shooting canisters like along the ground yeah. and all the stewards were moving back in a way that suggested that it might have been tear gas yeah it did it did appear <clears throat> to be they did appear to be tear gassing the stewards yeah. <laughs> excuse me i just uh, you're two nil up guys like mm. why do you need to tear gas the stewards and like they were just um not that you should tear gas stewards even if you're losing don't get me wrong but um it was quite funny to just sort of see them like roll their eyes and step back from the yeah. crowd, from the cloud. Really comfortable victory for Pauk. Um, really did enjoy going there. Um, they've got a really interesting history. The violence is is troubling. Hopefully, I think um, after that, nineteen year old was killed. Like, there's been a general resolution in Greek society to like say this enough is enough now. Even from like the Pauk um, supporters clubs are saying like right this has gone too far so um, yeah hopefully we can just enjoy enjoy the fanfare without the violence it was um, quite involved though because I, I saw at some points when there were corners yeah um, there were fans uh, shooting laser laser beams uh, <coughs> yeah. into the players faces and stuff I had heard about this like um, it seems to be pretty much ubiquitous in Greece now because I was watching some out of the corner of my eye in the pub the other day yeah. and like um, what, whenever a player's got a ball the home fans will just try and shine a, light, shine a laser pen in their eyes especially when they're doing corners and stuff 
And at one, we were actually looking the other way, but at one corner, um, there was just this like almighty explosion, like yeah, way, way, our, way louder. Yeah, it our seats. Way, way louder than all the other stuff. So, you know, potentially someone's lobbed a bomb at a player there. Again, maybe a bit too far. Who can yeah. say? Touch too far. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'll say that. I think I I often have this argument with um my co-host Andy Baxter, who's um I don't wanna like straw man him here while he's not here, but um I would say he's at least mostly anti flair and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I um until now thought that it was pretty cool. I still think it's pretty cool. Um I've been to Bohemians nineteen oh five in Prague where they do um large flare displays and i think i think as as long as you do what palk have tried to do and keep it in one stand and then you know if you don't want if you've got yeah. breathing problems or whatever not to go there it, it's i think it's a it's a cool thing but you know uh palk has made me reconsider the whole ultra thing a little bit because it seems to at least here go hand in hand with really horrible violence <laughs> translate some charts for us yeah so there's one um which is uh, i actually in the stadium i thought it was like a kind of anti-drugs chant and <laughs> it was really i was like oh that's cute awesome. um <laughs> but it's definitely not it's they say we've walked th- thousands of uh kilometers again and they say that we'd always go anywhere for you and then they say I think they they say like bark and drugs and it's like we learned that from when we were kids. <laughs> nice. And then there was another one. Um, I I remember that because it's like Athens. They they were kind of listing things that are in Athens. So Sindagma and Piraeus um, port and um, the Parliament and there was basically saying take all of it and shove it up your mum's cunt. Lovely, lovely stuff. Yeah. Um, if if anyone would like to hear any of this or see any of this, um, for some mad reason, possibly that the Greek football authorities just fancy a year off, the uh, Greek super, the Greek Super League Cup final will be poss- possibly being hosted at Crystal Palace's ground um, on the twentieth or twenty first of May. I'm certainly going to try and get tickets for that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. If as long as like Crystal Palace don't Google Palk at any point between now and then, <laughs> go. Actually, do you know what? <laughs> yeah, it's not worth it. <laughs> it's fine. So yeah, thank you, Denai, for being a good sport and coming on Point of Football. Oh, it's been lovely. Thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, we will see you for a regular episode at some point.
Social Podcast Network.